So this morning, I'll read from Rays of the One Light. And it's on deeds versus intentions. Truth is one and eternal. Realize oneness with it in your deathless self within. The following commentary is based on the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda. Jesus Christ emphasized repeatedly the spirit, not the letter, of the law. In chapter 5 of the Gospel of St. Matthew, he speaks of the sin of killing and of the legal punishment attendant on that sin, but says that more important than the act is the desire to kill or to do harm. He shows that the sin of harmful desire goes beyond merely wanting to kill. My message to you, he said, is this. Whoever is angry with his brother without cause already stands condemned. Whoever contemptuously calls his brother a fool shall answer for it to the Supreme Council. And whoever calls his brother an outcast of God shall be in danger of hellfire. Brother here means any other human being. For all of us, in the highest sense, are brothers and sisters, children of our one Father, Mother, and God. The true self of one is the self of all. To hurt another is, even if one doesn't realize it, to hurt oneself. Swami Kriyananda, in the path, recalls an episode in which the Master, Paramahansa Yogananda, revealed his sense of identity even with the plants. One day, Kriyananda wrote, we were moving a delicate but rather heavy tropical plant into position on the hillside. Our handling evidently was too rough, for Master cried out, be careful what you're doing. Can't you feel? It's alive. To wish anyone death, to wish even harm to another creature, is to deny in oneself the reality of that divine life of which all of us are manifestations. It is, in short, to deny the eternal truth proclaimed by the Bhagavad Gita in the second chapter. This self is never born, nor does it perish. Once existing, it cannot ever cease to be. It is birthless, eternal, changeless, ever itself. It is not slain when the body is slain. from Whispers from Eternity, Poems and Prayers by Paramahansa Yogananda. Teach me, though crushed by criticism, to return always sweet forgiveness. Teach me to behave like the orange, which though crushed and bitten, never fails to impart its sweetness. Battered by unkindness, gnawed at by carping criticism, or hewn with hard words and cruel behavior, 
Teach me yet to pour out unceasingly the sweetness of love. Teach me to be like soap flakes, which when rubbed and beaten give out only cleansing foam. Tried and tested by ingratitude, teach me nevertheless to offer in return the snow-white foam of wisdom. Quite a reading today, quite a passage, I should say. As Jesus said, anyone that is without cause angry with his brother already stands condemned. Anyone that calls his brother a fool is what? Um, No, that's, yes, remainder. (laughs) Um, And the third is if you uh, condemn those without cause, you will be in danger of hellfire, and so on. So that's a heavy, that's a heavy passage. It's a very heavy passage. I'm not going to start there, because <laughs> I don't think Jesus started there in his ministry. <laughs> oh, I know the third one. If, you're, if you call your brother an outcast, then you're in danger of hellfire. So those are heavy words. Those are heavy words. I was thinking we could start a little more broad. Once I was sitting in some uh, some sand dunes, and I was just appreciating the the beauty and the the purity, the openness, the simplicity of just sitting there. All there were were sand dunes, and I was thinking after that little hike when I went back to the city, I saw everything that was manifested: buildings and highways and cement and asphalt and so on and so forth. And I thought, wow, all this came from the earth. Sounds a little little simplistic, but nothing on this earth has come from anywhere else but in this earth. The elements and the discoveries and inventions that we have made. We do have a couple moon rocks, but they're just on display. The other, we just got back from Hawaii, and there I was reminded of it there also. We were in a, on this volcano and kind of in the visitor center, and they were saying how Hawaii was, uh, was formed, and that there's, at, on the surface of the ocean, magma, lava started to boil through, erupt through a hole in the, in the ocean's floor, and then began to more and more congeal, Jill until it reached the surface at some point, this little mound, and then it continued on and on until it became the Hawaiian Islands. And then some bird flew by and dropped a seed, and there you have it, plants and animals and evolution of uh, life. In a, in a, in a broader sense, because it's easier to wrap our mind around that, what about when there was Nothing when there was nothing at all. Creation was in the unmanifest state. And then God, God in his consciousness, it's time to bring creation into outward manifestation. Once again, a day of Brahma. And he started to vibrate his thoughts. And thought vibrated into light and sound as we're taught. And light and sound more grossly into the physical. And there we have then 
over eons and eons of time, one atom floating in space joins another, and then a third, and the magnetism increases until we have, wow, everything that we have around us, and science telling us more and more billions of galaxies containing billions of stars. I saw this one little presentation, and they said, in a billion years, our galaxy is going to com- collide with Andromeda, and a billion stars are going to mingle with each other. And there's so much space that they won't collide, they'll just join each other. And it will be a billion-year-long light show. So I don't know if we'll be around for it. (laughs) Hopefully we'll be seeing it from a higher sphere. (laughs) At any rate, um, so this is how it all began. And God created everything. Everything that's in creation was created by God, all creatures, all universes, including us. Every soul, every creature was created by God, and we are all one in that family. We are all truly related. And this is why Yogananda says again and again, expand your consciousness beyond yourself, beyond your partner, your children, your family, your neighborhood, your city, your nation, the world, the universe. There's creatures out there that we are related to. We just haven't met them yet. We are all one in this happy family of the universe. And we can live that way. We're happier. So I was reminded that again, I just read Jyotish's in a Touch of Light. He was saying they're on the coast and they're at the ocean and the vastness of the sea and seeing the otters and the seals playing and, and uh, just reminded of the beauty and the connectedness that we all are in nature. Again, I too was, when we were in Hawaii, great blessing of being there. It's so beautiful. And, uh, you know, we were snorkeling with all of the beautiful fish and kayaking with the dolphins and swimming with the turtles and and then the last finale for me is that I went on a night dive and experienced the manta rays. What magic. You know, all these huge creatures just swimming around you and so close, you know. And there was magic. There was even magic in the little green geckos that are all over that island, apparently. I was on the deck of where we were staying and I was doing uh, the inverted trikonasana, the triangle pose. So I went down and I turned and there was a little gecko about this far from my face just looking, <laughs> just looking right at me. <laughs> and, you know, the big creatures are exciting and interesting. And, but this little gecko, our eyes connected, you know. <laughs> and I thought, hello, friend. <laughs> and we connected. It was beautiful. Now, I don't know if we'll ever connect again. Because I hope to be liberated by the time that lizard (laughs) reaches the human level. But at any rate, there was that moment then where you feel your oneness with everything and everyone. If we feel it, if if we could get in that spirit, it's there. It's there. It's waiting for us. So, back on the teachings of Christ, as I said, he... He taught that everything is God. All is God. Everything comes from God. These are Sanatana Dharma teachings. All is Brahma. 
all is God's creation. I love how Swami Ram Das put it. He said, Ram is in all. All is in Ram. And Ram is all in all. Isn't that beautiful? This is, we are truly all connected. And when Jesus came, now like I said, you could bet that he didn't start with that, that uh, passage that, that, that there is today for us. When he came from India back to that area in the Middle East where he was going to bring the message of Sanatana Dharma that he studied with the masters there. And he came and he said, God is one. We are all in God. Satchitananda. God is ever existing, ever conscious, ever new joy. God is bliss. So his teachings began that way. He said, the kingdom of God is within you. Right here. This is where it's to be found. And the kingdom of God is bliss. What is heaven? The kingdom of heaven is within you. What is heaven? Heaven is bliss. This is where it's to be found. Right within us. The bliss of our own existence. And true nature is right within us. Heaven is within. And then he said, Okay. Ye are gods. Ye are gods. Because they saw what he attained. He said, You can attain what I attained. Ye are gods also. These things I do, ye shall do. And greater than these things I do, ye shall do. Well, what are these things? Because he also said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God that is within you, and all these things shall be added unto you. Well, coming out of this kind of Kali Yuga of form, Growing up, I always thought, wow, seek the kingdom of God, and I'm going to get all these things, you know? <laughs> you know, a new bike and a new car. As we get older, our toys get bigger and better, and, right? A house and prosperity and so on. Those things do come. If it's the karma, and good for you to have it. We have to trust in God in that. However, he said, all these things shall be added unto you. You are gods, all these things ye shall do and so on and so forth. Okay? These things he did that we shall do is to love purely, love unconditionally. That's a, that's a great healing force in the universe when we could love no matter what. Not just when things are going well and love those that love us, but love those that don't love us. Because he went on in his teachings where it got a little bit more Spicy, didn't he? If your neighbor smites thee on your, your left cheek, offer him the right. That's a harder teaching, isn't it? And he said, if someone takes your coat, give him your cloak also. Forgiveness. Never falling into judgment and, 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 uh, and hurting someone because of how they treat you. So then, you can imagine, so he's teaching these high teachings, and he's saying, because why? Because you're all children of the one Father, Mother, God. We're all brothers and sisters. This is how you should treat each other. This is how you will be happiest if you do so and reciprocate this love. So then he gets to, if you're not hearing me, I'm telling you, if you are angry with your brother without cause, you're already condemned, and you're going to suffer hellfire, and you're going to, etc. That's heavy. And he's saying this not as punishment from God, because what happens is, as we fall into that consciousness, we suffer. 
We're cut off from God's bliss, and therefore we create our own suffering by that consciousness. So this passage is not about the extreme behavior that he pointed out and, the, and what is uh, you know, going to happen to us. It's rather the consciousness that is indicated by that behavior. So when we are falling into that behavior, we are un, out of touch with the essential consciousness or nature of our true self. So he's saying, well, watch for that because you are going to be going down a path and creating, because what goes around comes around, the law of karma. If you put out that energy, you're going to be getting it back. So that was a teaching there. He's saying, no judgment. Forgive your, your neighbor. Forgive your accuser. Forgive your enemy. And on and on. So that's one side of the coin. So there was, there was a story um, that Swami shares in the path because uh, about this fellow named Mr. Jackot. And the Hollywood church was in danger. There was a, someone that was uh, trying to hurt the work and uh, take the Hollywood church and talking against Yogananda and so on. And this fellow stepped forward and he defended the work, defended Master, and publicly denounced this fellow and created a big stir. And he saved the day. As Swami tells the story, he said, Master appreciated it and thanked this fellow with gratitude. But, he, but then he added, he said, you know, if you would have employed a more peaceful means, there would have been much... You did, you did good, but much greater good would have come if you would have employed peaceful means. So, whatever we're doing, if we can tune into the consciousness of God and try to channel that, the peace and love and joy, the, the masters have done it, the saints do it, and they're an example for us. And... We, we have to try our best. We have to try our best. Once um, we had a, a, a community called Ocean Song in, uh, on the ocean over there on the coast. <laughs> and, uh, and we had it for a while. But the owner decided that he wanted to do something else with that land. So there were meetings, of course, and, and we were going to part ways. And I was thinking, we had a meeting um, of the membership, and, and I was a little irate because I was thinking, wow, all that we did over there, all that we, you know, put into that land and the, and the blessing and, and the, his good karma for us to even be there. And so I just blurted out, let's shake the dust off our feet as we leave that place. And Swami just cut through that right away. He said, well, we don't want to appear ungrateful. And I thought, wow, you know, I had to meditate on that. I thought, because I was falling into a little bit of self-righteousness, you know, of, of thinking that person was wrong and, and he's ungrateful. But that would have created inharmony, that thought. And Swami always wanted, whatever happened through our history, always came from a place of thinking of what is God's will, what is Guru's will, and his will would always be to do it in an, as harmonious fashion as possible. Now that doesn't mean there's always harmony around you. 
Jesus preached a wonderful message, and there was chaos all around because he was taking on the the uh, the religion of that day, and they didn't like it. So there is, but from his center, we could only work from our own center of trying to be har- give harmony, give love, give joy. We can't control what happens around us, and we can't control other people's reactions to what we do. We can only do it, crushed like the orange and bitten like the orange and give sweetness and so on. So that's one side of it. If we're going to um, try not to be judgmental and behave in that way, there's a story that uh, Swami tells about Yogananda before he came to this country at the Ranchi school. They were going to have a graduation and he thought, well, let's go down and let's invite Guru Das Banerjee, a very prominent judge of that day. So he went to interview him and asked him if he would come and give the keynote lecture. And uh, Guru Das Banerjee met Swami Yogananda at that time and he berated him. He just said, forget it. I don't, I don't, I, that's the last thing I want to do. You, you yogis are sort of a, um, live off the community and so on. He berated him in various ways. And Yogananda just sat there calmly and took all that criticism. And he didn't respond at all in kind. He just waited till he was done and said, well, perhaps you'll change your mind. We'd love to have you speak if you would feel to. So the event is about to happen and the principal of the school is going to speak. But right at that moment, the important, the car pulls up important fellow steps out, it's the judge, and he's coming to speak. What he had done is he, he said, he got up and he said, I am very happy today because I tested. I wanted to test your Swami Yogananda to see what he was made of. And I talked to him in the meanest way possible that I knew how. And he responded far above any expectation I ever could have. And he said, Forget about your diplomas. If this school can produce one such soul as a Yogananda, then not only this school, but this, the, our country, India, will be, um, you know, will benefit and the world will see what uh, these teachings can do. So that's one side of it. The other side is... Have you been criticized? Have you been betrayed? Have you been treated harshly? Or are you in something now like that? Well, this teaching here is saying, forgive. Just forgive. Don't fall into your own judgment on the situation. Because if you can't forgive and forget, you're, you suffer. You suffer two times, right? The hurt of the betrayal and the continued feeling uh, small and contracted in your unforgivingness. So it's a hard, that's a hard teaching too, because sometimes we very much can uh, be justified, so, so to speak, depending on the issue, right? But again it says, if you can go into your heart knowing that that's your brother. That's your sister. They're in ignorance. They've betrayed you out of whatever. 
It's your karma, for one thing. It's the, it's the karma that's going around. Maybe you did it to them. Who knows? That's all conjecture. The fact is, in the moment, you, if you can forgive, you will let it go, and you will be happy, and you will rise. Something very small. Before I came to the Ananda, I was living in ashram, and, and the owners, we worked on that place day in and day out, and fixed it all up, and we tripled the value, you know, and, uh, and it was breaking up. So I said to Swami, I said, I put a lot of work into that place, you know, I don't feel good about this. I feel like there should be some compensation. And he didn't go there at all, he just said, because I was starting to get into a judgmental attitude, he said, forget it. You did it for God. I thought, well, that was a new concept for me at that time. <laughs> I did it for God. You know, wow. That's right, I did. Didn't I? <laughs> Everything you do, do for God. That's the teaching there is do it for God and if you get rewards, fine. If you don't, you don't need to care because God knows what you did and you reap that reward and the joy of that giving in your, in your heart. So there's two sides of that coin, right? We don't want to fall into judgmental attitudes because we definitely cut ourselves off from the light and the love and the joy and that feeling, that connection with everyone and everything around us that we could feel at all times. That is the consciousness of the masters and the saints. They are living in joy they are living in love and they are living in harmony within. And that's what they experience back. No matter what goes on, when, when a person is at peace with themselves, they feel peace and they see peace. And when they are secure that knowing that God loves them, they see love everywhere too. So, and we could be secure in that thought. Because, as the masters say, and as Yogananda has said again and again, if you could just see yourselves, you are beautiful, you are light, and you are love. And if we can just experience that, and the consciousness they're living in all the time, and that they come to give us, we will be in heaven and bliss right now, right here, and live in that bliss and share it with everyone.